Hey guys, and welcome to this week's podcast. This week's album in focus is Trip Lee's Rise. But first, here's the first single, and it's titled Sweet. Look, I hate to tell them name Blutto, but I'll get an umbrella guy right. Let's go back in time to late 80s. Beat town, hold me down, that's where they made me. When I'm back there, ain't vacated. Why? Feels like I'm home, think I'm about staying. I ain't staying up. So let me start by saying um, I follow Trip Lee since he put out his album 2020 a couple of years back and I uh, have been a fan since then um, and I had a chance to meet him at a show uh, I played with a band I used to be in at Phillips Arena. He was on the tour and, uh, and we were backstage and there were all these industry people walking around and uh, people from huge bands, Mercy Me, and uh, guys from Disciple, and all these people I idolized. And uh, and he was there, and he just talked to all of us, and was just extremely nice and humble. And, and I never felt like he was doing me a favor by, uh, by talking to me. He was just v extremely genuine, and just an all-around uh, really, really nice, mature, uh, amazing guy. But at the same time, when it came time to, to go on stage... I was really, really lively and uh, and knew how to do both things, to be the showman and to be extremely humble and real. Let's start off with a little background on the creative process of this record. Uh, this is Trip Lee took a different approach to recording this time around. Instead of collaborating with multiple producers, he worked solely with uh, with longtime producer Gavi, and him and Gavi, you know, did the entire album. Um, Gavi has done a lot of uh, huge records in the past. He did some stuff for Lecrae's last album and has just done some huge things. Um, it says they utilized real instrumentation, strings, keyboards, and original soul-inspired vocal samples. And I think all of that is very important because this feels more like a themed album um, than any of his previous ones musically. Um, it just feels like one cohesive body of, uh, of emotion. And... Um, I used to think, uh, growing up, for some reason, that for an album to be great, the band had to be able to do a lot of different things. I don't know why that is. I grew up with bands like uh, P.O.D., who could do rock and reggae and, and rap and stuff, and do all of those things, and it you know, and it always feel like them. Um, and for some reason, I used to think that it, to be a good artist, you kind of had to do be able to do a lot of different things. But as I've uh, gotten older and and uh, been a music fan for longer, I now I appreciate my favorite records, a lot of my favorite records now, are all kind of one theme. And so, you know, if you're feeling a certain way, you go to that album. And, uh, and I think of, like, albums by bands like Red that they'll never be accused of, uh, of having too much variety. Um, you know, every song is very similar, and I used to frown upon that. Uh, but they have a huge audience, and it's because if you're looking for that emotion, you go to that record, you go to that band. And I think this album musically uh, feels like one one piece of, uh, of, of one body of work, uh, emotion, and, uh, and just like the texture of the whole thing, all the songs fit together very well. And there are still like the, you know, the slower introspective songs that tell a story, there's still like the singles and the kind of songs that will be the hit songs. And, uh, but it all feels like, you know, one, one thing. And, uh, and I think that's a huge plus for this album. Also would just say that these last few Reach Records albums have just been on another level. 
uh, you know, production-wise. I would say Tadashi's last album, uh, Lecrae's last album, they've all been, in my opinion, just on just on another level, uh, you know, of production. They're just insane, and uh, and I think this is uh, this is certainly one of the best. I think it's I personally think it's Triple's best. And um, and for many reasons, I also want to point out that on Triple E's previous record, "The Good Life," which many people loved, um, there are a few songs on that that use wordplay, uh, such as uh, "Know Me," which is about like he's speaking, uh, he's doing like role playing, he's speaking like as the Bible, but uh, but he's speaking as that. I know that sounds weird, but if you heard the song, you know what I'm talking about. There's another one where he talks about like his obsession with with an iPhone. Um, and just talking about needing to balance that, which the first time I heard it, you go, wow, that's really clever, because you don't really know what he's talking about until he gets towards the end, uh, you know, the first time you hear it. But those songs later on, to me, just kind of became annoying and kind of tooth-grating that, you know, once you know, once you've heard the gag, and once you've, you know, it's like hearing a joke over and over in a way, the wordplay kind of loses its potency, I think. You know, once you've heard the song once before and you know... Uh, that's what he's doing with the wordplay. It just those kind of became uh, annoying to me, and uh, and there's not really that on this record. The other thing I want to mention about this album is uh, is like they said here, they do use live instruments uh, a good bit more. The piano runs through it uh, through the entire uh, record here and there, and uh, in certain moments it feels like a film score. Um, in the first single, "Sweet," which is the third song. Uh, the beginning of that uh, has this very kind of off-kilter, slightly detuned um, sound. And when I first heard it, it reminded me of the Sherlock movies with, uh, with Robert Downey Jr. Um, and I know that's strange, uh, but that's what it brought to mind. It has this somewhat cinematic feel to it, and the music is a little has more depth to it than, than any of his previous records. Also in the song Manolo, 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 I don't know <laughs> however you say that, which features Lecrae. Um, that the piano in that felt like something that, if it were isolated, that would uh, that would work in like a horror film or something. It had it had that kind of quality to it. And I just mentioned that that to me, the music production almost at certain moments felt like a film score. And I think that's uh, nothing but a compliment. Um, the last thing I want to mention on this is it's less preachy. Um, I was just reading an article about how Tripoli is dealing with uh, with a disease of some kind like chronic fatigue syndrome or something that exhausts his body and um and i don't know much about it i just was flipping through an article that that said he was dealing with that but uh on his previous records um I'm trying to figure out how to word this that's not that's not insulting because he has his previous records are great as well but there's this thing where, like, as in the previous records, as he's sharing what he's dealing with, I, you almost feel like he's pointing the finger. And um, and that may be the wrong way to say that. But, like, they just came off kind of preachy at certain moments. Then other moments, not so much. Uh, but I think as he moves along, it becomes more first person. It becomes more introspective. And it becomes more kind of relatable out of a struggle instead of kind of um, just pointing out the way it should be. And I think Lecrae's music has done that as well. And some people could argue that it's for the money or it's to have a broader audience. Um, and in a way, it is to have a broader audience. But uh, but it's to you know it's to share the struggle that you uh, that you share. Um, and someone once told me if you talk about the things you struggle with, you'll never run out of material. And it's kind of using that mentality and then pointing out the truth in that instead of just pointing out the truth because. 
uh, without that first. Um, because to me, when you share your struggle and then point out the truth in that, I'm more invested emotionally and spiritually. And uh, so I think that's another point um, on this. Uh, just to wrap up, I think it's Tripoli's best album yet. I think it's argu arguably one of uh, Reach Records' best albums yet. And I'm going to play you a few clips. I'm going to play you guys some clips of my personal favorites. This is the first track, and it is entitled Rise. This is the fourth track off the record entitled Manolo and it features Lecrae. I do it for the turn up. And although there's much to love about this record, the fifth track uses some live drums, which I really loved. Uh, the tenth track, Something New, uses a classical guitar and some like background tribal vocals, uh, which was really cool. And the last song, Sweet Victory, has a beautiful use of strings. Uh, out of all of those things, this is my favorite track. It is entitled Lazarus, and it features Thistle. They buried me in black soup, black tie. I'm alive and I woke up looking flat. So from now on, from, from now on, you can count me Lazarus. From, from now on, you can count me Lazarus. From, from now on, you can count me Lazarus. From a dead man walk, Lazarus. From, from now on, you can count me Lazarus. From, from now on, you can count me Lazarus. From, from now on, you can count me Lazarus. From a dead man walk. Another record I want to mention is the latest by uh, electronic pop artist Lights. Um, her latest album, Little Machines, uh, came out a few weeks ago, I guess about a month ago, and I just hadn't had a chance to, uh, to talk about it. But um, anyway, uh, I read a little backstory on that, and she talked about how before she wrote this last record that she didn't know uh, if she would ever write another record because she was kind of at a turning point with life. She had just become a mother and uh, and felt like um, she didn't really have much left to say. And as someone who writes songs as well, uh, I feel that a lot, that I'm just like, you know, why is what I have to say, you know, uh, worth hearing and and any different than every other person's opinion and, and just kind of like having that well dry up. And in an interview, she was talking about how she turned away uh, from music for a little while and focused on poetry and painting. And, um, and she said she forced herself to listen to entire albums that she normally wouldn't listen to. And she forced herself to, uh, to write poems. And to, she said right here, I wrote a poem every night to free myself up lyrically and to just focus on, on lyrics. Um, and she, uh, she took some trips and talks about how when you're outside of your element is really when, uh, when you can be inspired to write something. Uh, but this album is just, it's one of my favorite of the year, 
and uh, it's very nostalgic. And I, I am careful when I say that because when I, when people say nostalgic, I think like, oh, so it's you know, sounds like the '80s, and I wasn't around in the '80s, and I don't want to hear that. And uh, you know, that's uh, fine if you love the '80s. Uh, you know, I'll hold the rest of my comments. But it is nostalgic, but it's nostalgic in tone that you know the songs are about um, are they have the emotion. Of, of nostalgia and of kind of warmth towards childhood and they kind of have this innocence to them um, and she talked about how the naivety of, of being a child is uh, is essential to writing and how she knew she said I knew too much about how music was made that uh, that everything started to become a formula and that you have to go back to the basics you have to go back to the things that originally inspired you and you have to go to new things to inspire you. And this album is uh, is certainly, uh, it feels like you can hear, let me see how I word this, you can feel, you know, the heart of the person who wrote it all the way through it, the songs that are melancholy, the songs that are sweet. I mean, it just feels very personal, it's very catchy, it's very uh, slickly uh, produced. And uh, But the thing I want to say most about it is... Um, it reminded me of the last Need to Breathe record in this way that you can feel uh, the you can feel the heart of the person who wrote it. You can tell that she wrote every song, and it has none of the sleaze of uh, of what we think of when we think of female uh, pop artists. Um, and it really is just it's honest and it's sweet natured, and uh, it's one of my favorite records of the year. This uh, track I'm going to play for you is called Running with the Boys, and here we go. Now it's time for music news. Project 86 premieres a new song entitled Genosha from its upcoming record Knives to the Future, which releases November 11th. November 10th, Damien Rice releases his first new album in eight years. Skillet is set to headline Winter Jam 2015. Uh, Aaron Gillespie is about to release his second worship album, who is formerly of Under Oath. And Taylor Swift's new album, 1989, is set to hit 1.3 million sales by the end of this week. To which she replied, it's still less popular than... A potato flew around my room before you came, excuse? This week's sleeper hit singles entitled Gasoline from Demon Hunter's latest album, Extremist. Here it is.
And lastly, this week's quote of the week is from Mark Kermode, and he said, When you have a disagreement with someone, always walk a mile in their shoes. That way, when it's over, they'll be a mile away, and you'll have their shoes. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Album in Focus. I'm Zach Rudolph. You can find me on Twitter at ZachRudolph33. We'll see you again soon.